Hello and welcome to Recommendations for My Taku Spouse or Otafu Susume. I'm Jen. And I am Wesley. <laughs> so let's get started. You're in a perky mood tonight. Yes. Yes. Okay. So in this episode, we're doing something kind of interesting because this isn't exactly a recommendation, or at least it became a recommendation after we already started watching it. So we're talking about Saihate no Paladin or Faraway Paladin, both the anime and the light novel, but only up to episodes five of the anime and episode uh, volume one of the light novel. Yes. So if you haven't seen it and you're interested, go watch it uh, up to or read it. We will mention some spoilers up through episode 5 slash volume 1. I, is it available in the West as a volume? Yes, it is. It's translated by J Novel Club. Oh, well, there you go then. Yeah. Um, I'm honestly surprised. Yeah. So this is your spoiler warning. But nothing beyond that. And the reason it kind of became a recommendation was because we were flicking through Netflix and Wes was like, oh, this looks interesting. And we started watching the anime and I was like, hmm... We weren't just looking through Netflix. We were looking through the season's episodes. That's true. We were, we were specifically looking for new anime to watch from this season. Yeah, because to be honest, there wasn't much this season that jumped out and grabbed us. Besides Beyond Dress Up Darling and Princess, Princess Connect. Connect Season 2. Yeah. Which we've already talked about on the podcast. Go yeah, listen well, to those episodes. Yeah. We watched Princess Connect Season 1, which was anime of the season all seasons. And we talked about the manga for Dress Up Darling which was manga of the year all years. Yes. So so we were like, oh, yeah, we're definitely watching these two. And then naturally. we didn't really pay attention to much else. But we are watching, or did watch, uh, part of Faraway Paladin. But by sheer coincidence, my book club said, hey, let's read. This month is Light Novel Club. Light Novel Month. There you go. Thank you. So we're going to read Faraway Paladin. So I was like, well, I might as well just read it in Japanese because we're already watching the anime in Japanese and it's good practice. Um, but that said, I was actually slightly surprised when you told me it was a novel because one of the things that caused me to dismiss a lot of the shows this season <laughs> yes, <laughs> were light novels now have a reputation among Western weebs as having titles that aren't necessarily titles, but more elevator pitches of the summary. Yes. They're kind and of what they say on the tin yes. in a title. Yes. And so when I'm flicking through the season anime and you start to see titles that are 20 words long, those immediately go on my, eh, I don't know if I really care about these pile. I don't know what the title is, but there's one anime that's airing right now that has a ridiculously long title and like one guy and five girls on the cover and we both went Ugh, light novel and <laughs> skipped you, over you can, it you can just tell right yeah like if i were to if i were to make a light novel title for things that we've reviewed recently <laughs> it would be yeah. something like i was content to live my lives as a shepherd until a witch showed up and told me i'm the dark one and now i'm traveling to defeat the dark one before i go crazy and destroy the world Oh! Right? That would be the light novel title for Wheel of Time. Yes, it would. Absolutely would. Like That's that's not even a parody at this point. That's just what it would be called. Yes. And so we started watching this, and then you told me it was a light novel, and I almost had this in internal thought, and like, wait, are you sure? Like, it's got that. an actual title. I know. 
And we went to the bookshop and we picked up the light novel and I was like, oh, wow, this, the artwork on this is really cool. It doesn't just have a scantily clad waifu to draw you in. It doesn't. It, like, the artwork actually looks like, you know, Western fantasy. It has a very Western fantasy feel to it, but I think we'll get more onto that. And I, we don't say that in a way to be like, Western fantasy is in no. some way superior to Eastern no, no, fantasy. No. Because as we, if you listen to our last episode where we bitched about the Wheel of Time. Time. Last episode was Bell. Oh, it was. Okay, so if you listen to two episodes ago where we bitched about Wheel of Time, you know that, yeah, no. <laughs> there is no way, like, it, it all depends on the individual story. But I am a little bit tired of Japanese man winds up in fantasy world and A, becomes really quickly okay with the idea of having slaves and sleeping with them, and B, have you ever actually tried soy sauce? Because it is amazing. <laughs> What are you referencing there? I don't remember that. Like every fucking one ever. I don't know. I mean, in <laughs> Slime, immediately he goes, I'm going to make a town and we're going to have to have a bathhouse. Yeah. I, it's just, there's and always- And then you see half of the town is like Japanese style and half of the town was Western style. I don't know how that happened because he's just a regular Japanese man. He doesn't know anything about architecture. I don't know. I don't care. But it's it just- it Yeah. Seems, like, in, I'm a sumo wrestler in another world, which has a different title. His whole thing is about killing fantasy creatures and turning them into Chonko. So if you want to talk about the amazing powers I thought, of Miso. Wait, wait. I thought so Wrestler in Another World was about capturing animals and keeping them as pets because he loves pets. We watched that anime. No, that was Wrestler. I'm talking about Sumo Wrestler in Another World. Oh, okay. And that's about killing animals and turning them into Chonko. So if you oh, want to no, tell me about sad. the wonders of Miso and that, it makes sense plot-wise. But if it's not part of your plot, I just don't care about Miso. <laughs> So what other, uh, that's one thing I wanted to ask you, what we have, you know, hinted that neither of us are huge fans of light novels or especially isekai, but that is partially because of these tropes. Like what tropes do you particularly not like from these stories besides Miso and OP protagonists? I mean, OP protagonists is a reason to hate a lot of things Mm -hmm. unless you're going to do something interesting with it. Like I make no hidden secret that I really enjoy Superman. And Superman is the definition of an OP protagonist. But if it's just him around doing Superman stuff, it's kind of boring. You need to look into more of how to be a Superman. That's what I find more interesting, mm-hmm. which they don't do, which is quickly, I'm amazing. I'm going to make a harem. And I get tired of it really quick. My biggest issue with isekai novels usually is that they remind uh, that. They remind me a lot of a shonen manga series mm-hmm. and that they establish the setting mm-hmm. and then they go nowhere and they take thousands of pages to go nowhere. Yes. And yeah. it's horrible. Yeah. That, that's my, that is my number one issue with Isekai is that you can walk into a bookstore and you'll see them on the shelf. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you see the fact that the series stretches over an entire shelf, you realize the author is just writing to fill pages. They're and they don't have writing. a story to tell. Yes. That is honestly my number one pet peeve about light novels is you can tell, as you said, the author is just brain farting onto the page. It's deviant art for narratives, for stories. <sighs> Especially when light novels like these come from Shosetsukani Naro, which is the Japanese website, let's become a 
an author. And that's fine because, you know, that's it's essentially it's like fan fiction, but original fiction. So it did something, yes. which is stupid to say because then it's not fan fiction. But Which is absolutely fine if that's what you want to consume. But Jesus Christ, there's so much of it officially published. But if you're going to put it into print, yes. you got to like edit it. <laughs> It's weird because in manga, at least, as far as I know, the role of editor is more just someone who goes around acting as the whip to make sure that you're getting your weekly slash biweekly mm-hmm. chapter and on time. And making sure that it's an interesting story because if it's not interesting, the manga's not going to sell and then they'll drop you. Yes. But with light novels, I often wonder what the editor is doing. I don't think there is an editor. Because it's like I've read some where you could just sit there with a red pen and mm-hmm. cut massive swaths of text to make something tighter and punchier that's still going to the same place. Yeah, 100%. Like, I I loved the anime for Log Horizon. And I tried to read... I was like, I'm going to read all the light novels because there are only 10. Mm, wait, or there were maybe, only 10. I think there's more now. I think there's 11 in the series. I think the, I think the light novels did finish. And I was like, I'm going to read the light novels. And I read the first volume. And nothing happened! For 250 pages. Everything happened in the last 100 pages. And it was so boring. And I was so annoyed. But that single light novel was condensed in the anime into four episodes. Which is exactly what happens here. The first volume of the light novel is condensed into five episodes. But. 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 It's better be a big but because. But. The light novel for Faraway Paladin has a beginning, a middle, and an end. What? You can read the first volume of the light novel and finish it there. You don't have to read any more than that because it tells a complete story in one go. What? I know, right? <laughs> that can't be true. It is. And actually, I Who think... Who let that get published? <laughs> I don't know. But he actually... I think the reason it got published was because it won an award. On Shosetsuka? Yeah. Or at least, I guess, it got popular enough on Shosetsuka Ninaro to deemed worthy of being published in book form and very shortly afterwards had the anime released. So- uh, quick aside for those who aren't deep into the light novel pit of despair. Like, imagine Dante's levels of hells, but it's, <laughs> it's light novels. Um, Shosetsuka Ninaro literally translates into let's be authors. Yeah. And it's that. Did you? I did. I but I think you're, you're explaining it clearer, so please carry And it is a place where people can just go online and they post their writings. And this, in my thoughts, in my viewpoint of it, the idea is people on train rides commuting can easily pull it up and read a new chapter while they're on the train on their phone. Hence, and then go to work. light novel. Hence, light novel. Is it's, the idea yeah. that it's it's a quick read. In and out. And actually, interesting enough, um, in Japanese, noberu is different from shōsetsu. Shōsetsu means novel in a literary sense, and noberu means kind of light fiction. I guess what would be the equivalent in English? Like something very... Penny dreadful. Penny dreadful. That's a good way to put it, yeah. Yeah. But it's a modern Japanese version of it. Oh, there's another word for it that's going to kill me. Dime store novel? Was that the old word we used to call them? I can't remember. I must have been really old. How old are you? Quiet you. No, there, there's a there's like because my old James Bond ones are like that, and I'm going to call my James Bond one Penny Dreadfuls. But it's it's the idea that they are they're fun. They're meant to be consumed and left. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is absolutely fine if that's what you like. Like yeah. if you love light novels, then they're you know fantastic. Like 
I think you should consume what you enjoy. It's just that the two of us prefer narratives that have conclusions. Or <laughs> Plot. growth. Because um, <laughs> I, I think that is one of the big differences, though, is that if you go pick up a James Bond novel or, I mean, pretty much anything you want to pick, uh, we were talking about Dresden Files recently, or any of those, you can p- pick one up and read through it, and there might be bits that you don't know intrinsically but you're going to get a self-contained story out of that book. Yeah. Where if you go pick up volume six of Spice and Wolf or volume, I don't know, eight of Bento or volume four of uh, the sage who calls herself a sage or whatever you call that, the wise man who perceptives himself as the wise man, which is also airing this season, you don't get that. You're not getting a self-contained story. You get a self-contained story within chapters. Sometimes. Sometimes. Oh, seg- segments, I guess, but not volumes. Yeah. And so I was pleasantly surprised when Faraway Paladin novel had that. And that's one of the first things that jumped out at me. Actually, the second, like, obviously the first, the, literally the first thing that jumped out at me was the cover, which is not like any other light novel I've seen. It doesn't look anime-ish. It looks more, as I said before, Western fantasy art style. There's not a waifu on the cover. There is not a waifu on the cover. And it's not brightly colored. Like it's, it's pretty kind of bright. Yeah, but I mean, not not in the same it, poppy. It doesn't look like an anime. Yeah. Yeah. And all the art inside the novel itself is very has a very similar style, except it's in black and white, so it's actually kinda of hard to see what's going on. But it feels like a um an acrylic painting almost. Or an oil, oil painting. Um, so that was one of the first things that jumped out at me. And there isn't a love interest. There isn't a heroine. So there is, I do have to add a little nix here, is that he does, there is one scene when the character gets drunk and he perves on his surrogate mother, which is really awkward. He takes that lesson. He learns to never get drunk again. But it is like, ah, oh, did you, did you have to do that? Yes. You were doing so well. Did they use that as an excuse to put artwork in the novel of the mother undressed? No. No, they did not put artwork of the mother mother undressing. Well, they did in the anime. (laughs) They did because it's anime. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that seems like a weird way to learn that lesson. feels like you could have done other things. Yeah. Interesting enough, the author at the end and the... um, afterward was saying how he was really really worried about this doing well because there wasn't a heroine in the story well you know what they say which we haven't actually explained what the story is don't do heroin kids <laughs> boo uh do you want to explain the story Summer up from from the anime so i haven't read the book yeah i've only seen the anime and i am about to expose my ignorance i suppose in a way because Technically, this story is an isekai. Yes. This story is about someone from our world who dies and winds up in a fantasy world. With all his memories of his previous life. With all his memories of of his previous life intact. Mm -hmm. Which normally would immediately put it on my shit list, as we were talking about at the beginning, right? Yeah. In the anime, they don't linger on that or harp on that or really make it an issue at all. Mm-hmm. You get a couple of scenes and a couple of episodes that hint at the fact that he's not just a kid who was being taken away to be a demon sacrifice and that 
you know, he was isekai But unlike pretty much every other isekai, they don't make this into a massive plot point in what we've seen thus far, which I was really surprised about. But essentially, you get a kid who is found by three undead heroes, three undead warriors in a city devoid of life, and they kill the monsters that are going to sacrifice him, and they take in this child and raise it as their own. And you have the warrior, Brad, and you have the mummy cleric, Mary, and you've got the grandfather, Ghost, Gus. And as they raise this child, they are going, they, they teach the child. Yeah, they all three te- of them teach they, him. All three of them teach him. They teach him everything that, you know, a good child in the fantasy world needs to know. Swordcraft, magic, and just how to be a generally good person, which is Mary's job. How to how to clean, housework, how to pray. Yeah. yeah. Very important. All the important stuff. Yeah. And as he grows, he kind of gets, he's getting to the point where, you know, he's thinking it's almost time for me to go out on my own and do this and that. Yeah, he he he's always known that he, when he hits 14 or maybe 15, 14 or 15, when he becomes an adult in this universe. Yeah. That's when he needs to leave. Yeah. And as he reaches that point, it turns, that's when the kind of the story turns up the heat a little bit and you start to realize a deeper meaning. The reason his surrogate family are undead are, again, spoilers. Go watch first five episodes. It's not that long. Read the novel. Read the novel. Um, But they became undead by pledging themselves to Lord of the Undead Stagnate in order to watch over the seal holding the High King who uh, down who's going to take over the world. It's basically the demon lord yeah. of this universe. Yeah, but he's literally called the High King. Yes. And on him reaching of age, due to shenanigans, Stagnate comes to collect the souls of his surrogate family, which sets things in motion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, that's, I, honestly, that's honestly the plot. It's not... Anything amazing or complicated is not like Lord of the Rings level fa- high fantasy. Lord of the Rings is an evil lich made a magic ring, and we better destroy it because he's going to take over the world. We're not talking. Yeah, but there's lots of th- lots of different moving parts and lots of things different. Ha- like lots of things happen, and there's all kinds of plots and twists. Whereas I feel like this story is a lot simpler, but it's really well executed in the one book. I mean, I in imagine- the one book, I. From what they seem to be setting up, because as we said, it is a contained story, but from what they seem to be setting up, as we go into further books, I get the feeling that you have a lot of room for things to get out of hand, but mm. in a good way. Yeah. Not just in a, I'm going to spend two pages explaining the tax system of this new fantasy world. God, that's more like 20 pages describing like this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think uh, we're going to get into that, but no, I do think there's a lot of room in there, especially as they've started to kind of describe a pantheon of gods and the fact that the gods mm. aren't always aiming towards the same ends. You've got a lot of room in there to have fun things happen. Yes. But they don't bog you down with the details. I think that's also what I really like, which you get in a lot of other light novels where they info dump you. Info dump you. I can speak. And in this one, they... They still kind of info dump, but they do it through conversation. Which is how it should be done. Which is how it should be done. And anytime a character decides to have an aside where they just want to sit and think for five pages about something, any author should immediately nix that. Yeah. 
Because it's the Google absolute worst. It's the absolute. But that—that's part of what I'm getting at. Is I don't know how they do it in the novel. Well, but I mean, in the show, yeah, there's a scene when they're introducing the gods, and it is, if I remember right, Mary explaining it to him, and they're in kind of this cathedral, looking at the different statues, and she pretty much just says, she almost just goes down a list. It feels like and says, "This is this god for this person," but it, it's done quickly enough that you're not sitting there just banging your head against it. And part of what she's explaining is how heroes, warriors, whatever, devote themselves to these gods, as in she was devoted to the goddess, um, the Holy Mother, Mateo, and uh, what was it? Brad was devoted to Blaze, and I can't remember who Gus was devoted to. But that, in turn, they use that as a founding point for when you find out later that they betrayed those gods when they made the deal with Stagnate. So it, it really, it's not just, I'm going to dump a bunch of lore on you right now. And never it's, use it again. It's done yeah. quickly, and it's done in a way that when you realize what they've done with Stagnate later, it makes more sense. And they keep, it's not, it's also not just part A to result. There's a little bunch of little bits in between. Yes. With how you figure out how um, Mary, what happens to her, she prays, and all sorts of things in there. Yeah. Yeah, the anime is actually, I do have to say, really accurate to the novel in terms of events how they happen how they're described although of course the light novel is able to delve more into will the main characters mm. will's kind of inner monologue and his thoughts and his interpretation of the world and his relationships with his family and so there is a little more that you get from the light novel that you don't have time to get in the anime mm. and i think in that context the anime was good yeah but the reason i keep hinting that the novel was better was because the anime was bad. <laughs> specifically, specifically, the because a lot of the info dumps are resolved and in conversation, it doesn't quite work as well in anime. Like in when you're reading a novel, you can take your time, you can imagine the scene in your head. Whereas anime, you are very restricted to the time that you have. And they want to get through this first volume so they can get onto the rest of the light novels. The fun stuff. The fun stuff. And like, I honestly, I think they could have probably built an entire series of season around this first novel and just paced it a lot better. And just the animation wasn't really that polished. It wasn't. And not to sound really basic bitch, but <laughs> when you're taught, when you're selling something as a fantasy series, a bunch of people sitting around talking isn't what they're there for. Yeah. And there isn't much action at this point because it is a child growing. And you can either yes. continually put a child in peril, which gets boring because you know nothing's going to happen to the child because as the opening credits show, he's going to grow up and go on an adventure. Or you can sit around and have a bunch of people do talking until you get to the fun stuff. Yeah. And so there are definitely bits, as someone who's only watched the anime, where it's just it feels more info dumpy than it is because you're not getting, there's no change of pace between scenes. Yes. They, they really are trying, just trying to get through the material as quickly as possible so that then you can get onto the fun stuff. Yeah. That's why the novel's better because the first novel is actually really fun. <laughs> Good. Because the first five episodes weren't. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I think, the it's a shame because the novel is so good that the anime adaptation is kind of not that great. I mean, I don't know if it gets better later on. I doubt it because they clearly didn't put the budget into the animation. And I do think we've been spoiled because we both said how we've been watching the anime adaptation for My Dress Up Darling. 
And last season, we watched the anime adaptation for Komi-san, which were both fantastic. They both had such amazing animation. Like, they clearly put their budget into getting it right. Yeah. You, I feel you can do a lot with a ropey budget so long as you know when and how to spend it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm almost intrigued to go off and watch more of it because we stopped after episode five. Because that's where the book one ends, and you didn't want to watch more past where you'd read. Yes. Because you're getting the same story in both ways. And so when you know the story, it makes the other one less interesting. Yes. And that goes from either book to anime or animated book sometimes. Yes, definitely. But I am intrigued on some level to kind of watch some of it. Because if he's out in the world adventuring, I feel like you have to have more action. So really, I need to pick up the second volume, read it, and then we can watch more anime together. Yeah. Okay. On some level, yeah. <laughs> but that, it is a problem with adaptations, though. I mean, a lot of what we've been reviewing lately have been adaptations. As we mentioned, The Wheel of Time was an adaptation of yes. the Wheel of Time novels. Belle was an adaptation of Disney's Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> I don't um, think they meant for it to be an adaptation. They better have, because it was a scene-for-scene scene remake. Well, only parts part. of it. Only parts of it. But so it does raise an interesting question sometimes about adaptations or remakes in that if you are deeply in tune with the original or if the original is for some reason fresh in your mind that will change how you interact with the remake or the adaptation that's very true so if you i guess it's really hard to be pleased either way because if you get something that's exactly the same as what you consumed you're going to find faults with it because it is told through different mediums, so it's sort of like the Cowboy Bebop live action versus the anime. Yeah. Like, they tried to recreate the anime kind of scene for scene, but they kind of introduced their own flair to it, and people were either upset about the changes, or they were upset that it was too similar to the original, and they didn't really do their own thing. And so with adaptations and with remakes, it's really hard to get it Right. And you're never, ever, ever going to please everybody. Yeah. I mean, my biggest issue is like with the Cowboy Bebop ones. So we've talked about the Disney live action remakes. Oh, God, they're awful. But my biggest issue with those is if I'm watching it, usually what I'm getting out of it is might as well just watch nostalgia the for the original, yeah. in which case I might as well just go rewatch it. Like, I haven't seen massive air quotes the lion king live action which is just a cgi movie because i'm not going to care like and it's and i think that one in almost in some way is just too close to the same medium it's mm -hmm. a movie remake of a movie because you and i went to to go see the stage play of lion king yes and that was phenomenal that was amazing and that is in a different medium mm -hmm. you're still getting talking and singing and whatever but it's actually happening happening right in front of you. And it's not lions. People dressed up as lions, which everything is different enough that I can respect it as a different piece of art. And when I go see the Lion King CGI, it's like, I know the CGI artists put a lot of work into that. It looks phenomenal, but I just don't care because the original Lion King is going to be telling me the same story in the same way as a film. And it's going to do it in my mm -hmm. eyes better. And so it's, it, it's a, I guess it's a really personal question. And where do you draw that line? Is, is if you're reading, I mean, I don't know if, I don't know. It is really hard because, for instance, you're saying that you are, would have trouble 
watching the anime mm-hmm. because it, you feel it would put you off the books. Yes. And that's definitely the thing I felt when we did um, Hamefura, Bakarina, yeah. uh, My Next Life as a Villainous. Yeah. Was we watched the anime and then I tried, I read the novel and the novel was very similar to the anime and then I tried to read the next novel and then we also had the manga, but they were, li- they were just this, exactly the same story told through different mediums. Yeah. And so because of that, it was like, well, I, because I know they're going to be so close, I can just consume one and save time. Yeah. And again, that's the same with the Log Horizon one. Like I might as well, instead of read, reading all the novels and finding out what happens in the end, I might as well just rewatch the anime, especially because season three end aired. So where do you put for yourself that split? Sort of what? Like, for instance, for me, when we went to see Dune recently, mm-hmm. well, you know, recently, recently in, in COVID terms. Like within the last year. Yeah. yeah. Which in COVID terms is recently. I felt a strong desire, having watched it, to go reread the novel. And you read reread the novel for the Wheel of Time as well. Yeah, because that was actually good. Okay, but I really liked the Dune movie. I mm. thought um, I forgot the guy's name, but I thought he did a great job with the first half of it. And immediately, it did two things: it made me want to go reread the novel, and it made me really want to see part two. Yes, I guess. Yeah, it's hard to say. I really like adaptations when they're done well. When they put a lot of care into it, I guess, is a good way to put it. Because as as we already mentioned, we watched Komi-san and we're watching My Dress Up Darling. Mm-hmm. Both of us love the manga for Dress Up Darling. Yeah. You love the manga for Komi-san. I didn't get along with it, but I absolutely love the anime because it, it removes a lot of the struggles that I had with the manga. Yeah, my son. Yeah, my son, yes. Yeah. But also like the reading and the fun. Um, go listen to that episode. And I think when obviously the whole team puts a lot of care into it and it shines on its own and it's not reliant on the original, that's when it's a good adaptation. Okay. Like I know in the Lion King live action, there's apparently a joke where uh, Timon and Pumbaa are singing the song. Oh, yeah. Where he's like... But it only makes sense if you've seen the original. But it only makes sense if you've seen the original. Yeah. And so the joke doesn't work on its own. Or you have um, the Mulan adaptation. No, we're not going to talk about that. Where where the story doesn't make sense on its own. Like, they tried to create something original, which is great. But because they didn't actually do their research into Chinese culture, and because they, it just doesn't make sense on its own, it kind of falls apart. Yeah. I mean, we've mentioned we've been talking about a lot of adaptations and remakes recently. And I... Spend the entirety of the FF7 remake ripping on it. <laughs> we we it ranted about and, that for an hour too. Go listen was, to that episode. <laughs> and that was because it didn't stand alone. It did not stand alone. It was confusing to people who had never played the original games. And it was confusing to people who had. Okay, so here's my question. Not to like try to play gotcha or anything, but just because the topic interests me. Phil Metal Alchemist. Yes. I've only seen Brotherhood. Yes. And I thought Brotherhood was really good. Oh, so good. Almost every time I see someone make a recommendation for how to watch Flamel Alchemist, <laughs> they, say, they watch, say, watch, watch the, the first the, 12 episodes of the original anime and then go to Brotherhood. And go to Brotherhood. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Is that... Yeah, that's accurate. That's accurate. So, so what, what do we... Is that because that's where it hits the f- original story in the original, which then you don't get in Brotherhood because Brotherhood sticks closer to the manga? How, like, just... 
Yes and no. It's because the the pacing for the first 12 episodes were really good, because that's a season of anime. Okay. About 12 or 13 episodes. Yeah. And so the pacing for those first 12 episodes was absolutely fantastic. Um, But because it was so fantastic in the original, when they did Brotherhood, they didn't need to spend as much time on that section because it had already been done. And so those 12 episodes are condensed into four episodes in um, Brotherhood. So you get a lot of chapters that are next. Things are very rushed along, and so the pacing is kind of thrown off whack, which is why people say go watch the first 12 episodes of the original and then switch over to Brotherhood. Okay. Like, you don't get the train. You don't get the train. The train is such a good... because Which I only know about because I read that part in the manga. Yeah. <laughs> but then I stopped reading the manga, watched Brotherhood, and it, I was... That's the thing for me, is I've seen now all of Brotherhood, and so I am mentally done with Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah, you don't have to read the manga. I mean, you should, but... No, yeah, I understand that, that you then don't have to go read the original because you've already consumed the story. Okay. It's, it is... I guess that's the thing. When you when you consume the adaptation before the original, it makes you less likely want to go back to the original. Like you said, you wanted to reread Dune, but that after watching the movie, but that's a reread. So yeah. you'd already consumed the original. You watched the remake, and then you wanted to re-experience the feeling you got when you read the original. True. As opposed to Full Metal uh, Alchemist Brotherhood, where you consumed the adaptation, and you don't have that nostalgia for the original. Like I do, I want to reread the original, even though I've watched Brotherhood and I've watched the original anime. I want to reread yeah, the manga all over again, especially because we just started talking about it. <laughs> because I have that nostalgia and I have that, that connection to it. I guess what we're getting to here is it's really hard to create a rule about adaptations. Yes, it is. <laughs> because I... Just, just, just put a lot of care into what you do. That's all I ask. Yeah. Have it make sense. That's all I ask of you. <laughs> it's... Because I'm, I'm, I'm running through different adaptations in my head now. And there are some where I knew the original and then saw the adaptation. Some where I saw the adaptation and then knew the original. And there's some where I've either liked it one way or liked it the other way or didn't in both ways as well. There's somewhere I've seen the adaptation and gone and seen the original and been like, this is complete horseshit. <laughs> like what? Um, thank You for Smoking. Okay. The book of Thank You for Smoking is garbage. And I read the book after I saw the movie. Uh, but on the same pace, the book for The Princess Bride is wonderful. And I read that after I saw the movie. <laughs> so it's like, it's impossible for me to say, well, this is how I feel about it until I've experienced myself. But then I get to situations like FMA where I'm going, I saw Brotherhood, I don't care. And at this point, you know, with Faraway Paladin, to try to bring this all back in one big loop, I don't think I care about reading the first novel. And if anything, I'm more interested, if I were to do something now, it'd be either to read the second novel or to watch more of the anime because we're getting to the adventure. Yeah. Yeah. That came out weird. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Got a frog, frog in my throat. But I feel like it's because right now you are not in a reading mood. Yeah. It, it's easier to get you to sit down and watch something than it is to get you to sit down and read something. Sure. Especially because you got halfway through the ho- rereading The Hobbit and it's still got its bookmark right in the middle of it. That's true. But that's also because that was right about when you got me a Kindle and I switched over to <laughs> yeah. Black Company. So. Or Witches Abroad, which you also read halfway through and then... <laughs> It's a lot easier to get you to sit down and watch something nowadays than it is to read something. Yeah. But that's not a bad thing. 
Like the fact that, again, the an anime adaptation is so close to the, in story terms, so close to the light novel, that you can just get the same experience out of it. Even if the animation is not. It doesn't have as much budget as some other shows, let's put it that way. So on a flip side, just to explore the topic more because I'm having fun doing it. <laughs> okay. Sometimes I feel like these adaptations are made entirely... Like, For the sake to, of making money? To be very cynical, yes. Yes. No, they are. 100%. Like you were just saying, if you put care into an adaptation, it's a lot more obvious and it'll be better for it. Mm. You know, and things we were talking about. Care and money. Money definitely Money is important, yes. But sometimes it feels like they're made just for the money. Yes. Like, I think... So, you mentioned the Komi-san adaptation. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we both noticed in the Komi-san adaptation that we really liked was they changed... They added in jokes or comedy that you can only do in a visual medium that yes. you can't do in a comic medium. Yes. I guess comics are still visual. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, but it, it's uh, visual emotion, and audio. Emotion. Yeah. They, they added things that you can do in anime that you can't do in manga or you can't do as well in manga. And so, I mean, I cynical me of saying, yeah, sure, it's all a cash grab to get people to go buy the volumes. And sometimes it's the first one we watched recently, which was really weird because as soon as the anime finished, like the manga came to an end, which usually isn't how it happens. I can't remember what it was. Oh, no. I remember we – yeah, but I don't remember what series it was. It was really weird because usually, especially when it's a jump series or something to that jump champion Sunday series, the only reason they make an anime is to get people to buy more volumes of the manga. And then it ended and it was like, that you timed that poorly, but oh well. Could it have, it wasn't Yakusoku no Neverland. I don't think so. No, but that did end. That did, and that but ended really close to the coming of it. To the to the anime, yeah. But the manga, they the the manga cover that also knew that they were ending it at yeah. that point. Yeah, like everybody knew it was coming to an end. And season Do, two was garbage. When you get something like Faraway Paladin, then, mm -hmm. and admittedly, again, we're only five episodes in. We've only seen a little over a third of, or a little under a half. Of the first season. And it just has... Like, when you see it and it's got the poor animation, I guess by default it makes it feel more like a cash grab, which is a shame. Mm. Because you can imagine the people working on it don't want it to be one. I feel like it's it could be a cash grab, but to me it feels more like we know this isn't going to sell because it's fantasy, therefore we're not going to put as much effort in. I say I say fantasy in the way that it's like... Oh, proper fantasy sounds really pretentious, so I'm not going to say that. I mean, like... So you have ReZero. It's a guy trash. Yes. Yeah. But it got a lot of budget for the anime, and you could tell. The anime was very entertaining. The, the light novel is a massive... Like, it's super ridiculously popular. And three waifus... Every single time we go to like the crane machines at the arcades, Rem is still around. It's true. She is everywhere. She's almost like the new Miku because where they she, put her in a new outfit and slap her in a crane machine. Yes, and then sell her to to fanboys. Yeah, and I think that's why the author of Faraway Paladin was like, "I'm worried this isn't going to succeed because there's no heroine, there's no sex waifu. appeal waifu to market this story." And I think because of that, they didn't put as much effort into the anime. 
because so they, not to get off topic do you think that you can only sell anime in japan with waifu nowadays i think unless you're really lucky and you hit that sweet niche spot like made in abyss like made there's in no abyss. waifu in that is there no there's not but that, that was big i mean that yeah that's because it, it hit a real emotional core and it was it was something refreshing but it was a risk it was it was a gamble that paid off and hopefully. it paid off and I think for this author, for Faraway Paladin, um, it was a risk and it paid off because it actually came out. And the novel still seems to be going. And yeah. I think we... It, it's okay, so it's difficult to judge because it is coming out this season. Mm-hmm. But it was on the end cap at the bookstore. It was, yes. So they and were I definitely pushing it. Don't think it was on... Like, it wasn't... It did, like, that end cap didn't say this season's anime... But it's hard to tell if it would have been there without the anime. Yeah, it probably was there because of the anime. Because that is, though, it's when you're in a physical bookstore. This is something you don't get on Amazon. Amazon is garbage for things like this. And it's one of the reasons I love physical bookstores is especially in Japan, just because that's where I've been for the past few years that I, I think of it more than I think of American bookstores or the like. You can tell what's popular based on their position on the shelf. Yes. Like, for we keep mentioning Dress Up Darling. Mm-hmm. When I bought the first two volumes of Dress Up Darling, because they dropped on the same day, it was a pain in the ass to find. Because it was sold out everywhere. I think we went to five or six different bookstores. No, no, no. The first one wasn't sold out anywhere. It just didn't exist anywhere. Oh, okay. It oh, was, right. It was volume three where they were sold out Volume three, all of a sudden, it got a display and animate. Volume three, it was, you know, front facing. It had end cap displays. It had, it was hit and it couldn't be found. But the first two couldn't be found because they didn't exist. And so, and that was whatever, a year and a half before the anime was even a twinkle in someone's eye. (laughs) So, so that is something that I would say, you know, became organically popular. But that is, of course, just laid into the brim with waifu. Yes, that's not and sex appeal and sex appeal. That's not going to be your no waifu. How did this get popular? But it is, and so it makes me wonder because especially when you look at shonen shows or whatever, it's either it's you've got two paths to success. It feels like you're either doing waifu or you're doing fujo bait. It's not fujo bait if they actually get together. Okay, sorry. No, Which you're right. You're, you're right. Make you're an right. Actual healthy relationship in My Hero Academia that aren't fujo bait. <sighs> None of them. I don't want to talk about this right now, Wes. But I'm right. You're right. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> so I'm getting off the subject, I guess. But it, it does. It, <laughs> I like the fact that it's. I, I don't want to come off as you know, well, heroines make things bad because that's stupid, and you can have amazing heroines and stories. But it is refreshing to not immediately fall into the harem trap yes 100 percent. yes and based on the opening of the anime it looks like they're going to be introducing more characters to form your standard fantasy adventuring party but it doesn't look like it's going to become a harem trap yes and i think one reason for that bringing it back to faraway paladin is the author again at the in the afterwards says how he wanted to write this novel because a friend of his in his um, tabletop role-playing group, wrote a novel and it, and it got published. 
He doesn't say what it what book it was though, because I'm really intrigued. Um, and so he was like, "Yeah, I'm going to give it a go as well." And so it's him and a group of friends who do organic narrative storytelling through tabletop role playing games, then going off and writing light novels. And I think that's why the narrative is so strong in this, is because even though he doesn't have experience writing novels, he has experience creating stories and creating fantasy narratives and playing them. And I think that really shows in this novel. So what you're saying is we should go play Sword World. We should go play Sword World if we can find a DM to run it and friends to play with. I don't think it would work with just the two of us. We have friends. Do we? No. (laughs) (laughs) We have as many friends as we have listeners. Hi, Kenny. Hi, Kenny. Oh, if we do have any other listeners, they're going to hear those and just be like, who's this Kenny they keep mentioning? Is he just fictional? Yes, yes, he is. <laughs> but I think that's a good place to wrap up. Yes. Yes. Well, thanks for listening to us ramble. Um, I was Jen. I was Wesley. You can find us on Twitter at Anybreeze Creative. Or at our website, anybreezecreative.com. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye.